Hi again, everybody. Kevin O'Connell here. Um, as always, uh, I never know who's listening uh, or who's clicking on this and why. But if you, uh, if there's just something you get out of this podcast, please tweet me or message me on on Instagram at koco83. I'd love to hear your thoughts and insights. Um, but this interview that I'm finally finally getting out, probably close to a year later, um, this was recorded on March 2nd of 2017, and. This was a, I think some of you that know me uh, know that I uh, adjunct and, and do some external instruction at GW Business School, specifically a first year leadership program. Anyway, there was an assignment where they had to do an informational interview and there was one young individual in the room, uh, Adrian Oliver, he was a first year student that wanted to be an entrepreneur someday, specifically in the creative world. And so um, he reached out to me and said, hey, Mr. O'Connell, can I interview you? And I said, sure, let's do it. So. What you're about to hear is about a 25 to 30 minute interview at GW, again, recorded on my phone. But, uh, you know, some interesting insight. I think one of the first questions he asked me was, did you know you wanted to be an entrepreneur? And you'll hear in my answer that it kind of started in college, but I didn't realize the work I was doing outside of the classroom extracurricularly that that would lead me to a lot of the skills that I'm utilizing now since 2014 of going out on my own. Uh, so it's a lot around entrepreneurship, uh, a lot about reading into my future, which I kind of actually have to really think about here. So I get pretty, um, pretty thoughtful and thoughts you may not always hear or share that I always share. Uh, and then I think towards the end is a little bit more of the creative marketing world. Again, it was about a year ago. So some of the tactics and platforms and, and strategies certainly have probably changed as I know they have. Um, but again, I think this is good insight to a little bit about my world my points of view uh, and a little bit of maybe uh, motivation and, and some strategies that you can use in your career, marketing world, or uh, working with students. So enjoy this episode. And again, please let me know what you think. Bye-bye. Okay, so first question. <laughs> Did you know whether you wanted to be like run your own business or be an entrepreneur yeah. before college, during college, or after? So... I think that uh, it was kind of that last story I shared. It hit me, um, I don't know if it was junior or senior year, but some somewhere around that time, I kind of like quietly said it in my head, like I'd love to like be my own boss or like be not, I don't know if I use the word entrepreneur, but I was like, I'd love to like work for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it came out more my senior year when like I realized that one uh, and even my first entry level job I love autonomy mm -hmm. like I can't there's nothing I can't say unless it's being micromanaged and like I've even had thoughts like if I ever went back to work for a company like I could do it but I, I couldn't be micromanaged or like feel like the boss knows more than you in a certain area and um, I challenge that but so yeah it was around college and when I when I felt like the autonomy piece I also like could bring people together uh, and then the way I relate it even back looking back now is that fundraising piece like like that was one example but we used to fundraise all crazy shit everything from like $200 for like a chicken a chicken uh, chicken wing eating contest <laughs> all the way to like 5,000 bucks for like a, a service learning trip and I was like that's fundraising but that's also sales like yeah. I convinced people to give it's us money, money um, and so and I never looked at this I always thought like sales was something different and I never thought I was good at it yeah. um, so yeah, it was around college I, I said it, and then it, it kind of, as I got into the real world, it kind of like went away, but the same feelings came out, and then, uh, yeah, in like 2014, 
was prior to that, but I was like, I got to do this. And, um, That's awesome. Yeah, and, and my wife supported me a lot for that. So, yeah. So what made you, I know like FYN Creative focuses on like social media, creative arts. What made yeah. you go into that field? Yeah. Uh, so, so I kind of like went, uh, did marketing and went away from it, but it never left me. So what I mean is my undergrad was in marketing. So that was, I was in school to give you context, 2000 to 2006 so you were probably how old when were you born 98 <laughs> yeah so you were like four or five six seven um so like facebook came out in 2004 yeah. uh i remember my buddy josh my roommate he got it but like so like facebook was just was literally just a social network it wasn't like what it is now um so graduated with marketing uh but we learned the the traditional marketing the four p's product place promotion etc like social wasn't even a thing. Maybe there was some digital advertising, like SEO going on, but like not even that. Um, and then I thought I was gonna go the corporate route. Uh, hated hated two out of my three internships. Yeah. Um, and then called out sick one day and flipped my resume. So again, all my all, all the advice I got was put you know the Habitat thing at, at the bottom, put your president marketing club at the bottom, put all this little the extra stuff at the handy. bottom. Yeah, like put all these little extracurricular stuff to the bottom, if at all, mm-hmm. and then put your res- your in- your internships at the top. Uh, and so one day I flipped that and made all of these uh, extracurricular things job description, like actually job descriptions, because I did all like I I led a group, I recruited, I created job descriptions, I did trainings, I you know fundraise, etc. And um, and my wife got into working in student affairs. She was going to grad school for it, so I didn't even know that whole world existed until then. So then, uh, yeah, I worked for eight years in, with college students, so service learning, recreation, uh, student leadership, et cetera, but uh, my marketing degree always stuck with me. So like, to give you an example, in 2007 and eight, when I, I, I was the recreation director at this school called Centenary College, and I utilized, like, this was when AIM was hot, so like the you know the the chat messenger whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're like uh, AOL messenger, mm-hmm. but like we created like uh, an an AIM account for the uh, recreation department, so kids could actually chat us like when's the intramural games, when are signups, and oh, we would awesome. leave like a way message. So like so like back then like that was like I was I was using that. I was using print. We were making calendars, um, word of mouth. So marketing always stuck with me, uh, and then in two thousand. Nine and ten, when I uh, was at Rutgers, I was the one that people would come and be like, "What's going on with Facebook? Should we get in for this for our department?" So then that established for me going from student affairs to then being assistant director of marketing and social media at Rutgers. Created a whole digital department, so basically kind of like what I'm doing now. But we had like a, a, a team that we created from scratch, from like one camera, one student to a big team, and. Um, so then that was in 2012 to 2014 and then at that point I was like let me start with FYN Creative and so it started with just hiring Kevin O'Connell so it was like me doing a video me doing speaking me doing consulting strategy so then I was like we need to I need to build this out where it's I now have some I have two part-time videographers I have a couple interns um, and, uh, and so I've tried to create more of a brand around it versus just me so but that's the it's the like long version of how I got into it Sweet. Okay. So, what does the FYN stand for? In okay. FYN? <laughs> so if you um, if you hunted around a little bit on the website, so it's find your niche creative. 
Because I know you have the niche movement so, as well. So this is where it spawned from. Is uh, My first few years as an entrepreneur, a lot of people knew me when I left Rutgers. A lot of people knew me as he is leaving to go start the niche movement full-time, which is the career exploration blog and event-based thing, um, which is what people still kind of know me for. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the practicality side is I made most of my like living doing digital work. Like that's what people would actually pay me for. The niche room and stuff, I got a Kickstarter campaign to like write a book. I had some money. I did some speaking, but like it wasn't like it's still a passion project. Yeah. Um so but at the same time these like my first couple of interns, they would work on both. Like one minute they'd be doing career stuff content, next minute we'd be doing stuff for a client. And so I was like I made a decision about eighteen months ago, I was like, we need to split this. Like people need to know me for like you know two or three things, but they need to know I run two businesses or two organizations. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, one of my interns, Hannah, she we were sitting there, and I was kind of telling her like we need something, and I I think it was her. I think she said like we were drafting a couple different things. She's like, find your niche, and I was like, that's it, FYN. <laughs> I took out the Instagram handle. I then worked with my videographer Dan. We created a website uh, yeah. last summer. And, uh, and so yeah, so the way we kind of title it, and I think it's on the Niche Roomin site or the other one, but it's like a sister company of the Niche Roomin. Yeah. Because um, obviously that's career related, story related, but like it's still about stories, but this is now digital storytelling. So it's just a way for me to brand myself other than just Kevin O'Connell. So it, I don't know if that makes sense to the public or to you, but like <laughs> it, it, for me, it, it separated both yeah, entities. It makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. So were there any difficulties when it led up to starting, starting yeah. off or? Starting the niche movement or the uh, niche movement? Yeah, so, I mean, so both of them, um, one, it was like a confidence. It still is. I, I'm my own worst enemy. Like, yeah. um, I always am like thinking, what if, what if that, what if this, what if this happens, what if it doesn't happen? Um, so I think for me, the, the confidence piece, um, like when I came home hating my job at Rutgers the, the one day, my wife was like, all right, like, let's figure this out we're moving like here's what we can do here's what you got like we, we can figure this out and I still didn't think I could do it and then like all of a sudden I got my first client and that yeah, felt good but then like they only signed on for a three-month gig and then they were startups so then they couldn't afford to keep me out so like it, for me I think it's been the confidence piece of like that I can do it um, mm -hmm. but then it's just the typical other struggles is like so running like a creative agency and being a, a an up like a young entrepreneur like solopreneur starting out is like I'm the account exec, so I'm the one like talking with the clients. I'm the producer, meaning like I will come with the gear and shoot. And like that's now lately we have VRs like they edit, but like so I'm hands on. I'm also the sales guy and biz dev guy, so I got obviously like keep promoting and trying to get more clients and more business and I'm just to make a living. So the sales guy. Then I'm also the accounting guy. I'm the one creating, you know, I have like an automated system now, but like I'm making sure I get paid. Mm -hmm. So like in that sense, until I can get big enough or until I can outsource some stuff, like I'm wearing like five, six, seven hats at any kind. Like, so it gets tough because like, like we just, we'll, we'll produce a video or something and then I'll be the one to send it. And then they want feedback and creative direction. And I'm trying to say, well, this will work, this won't. And because they know me as Kevin though, and they hired us, I, like I don't have a second person that could be like the bridge and be a little bit more uh, terse or a little bit more like 
like I'm, it's my face. Like I, there's yeah. so much that I can be like, that's not gonna work or that's a shitty idea. Um, there, like I have to realize, like I have to give and take um, yeah. because it's 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 my reputation and my, the way I deal with people. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's wearing a lot of hats has been a struggle. Okay. Yeah. And all right, so where do you aspire for your business? Like, what do you yeah. what do you want to fill out? Like, what is your end goal for it? Like, so it's weird. I. A lot is in the moment, and like when I think about the future, it's almost again. I think a comments piece like I'm thinking like I just I want to keep, I just want to have the opportunity to keep working for myself. But like I was just talking about this, it was either last night or the night before, and it's weird. I don't know if I I like being very nimble and very boutique, but at the same time creating content that like, in my opinion, that I think could be parallel to some bigger mid-sized agencies um, at different price points. But like, I guess what I'm trying to get at is with the agency side, I don't know if I ever want to get to a point where I have salaried payroll employees. Yeah, I I love the opportunities we're giving some of the young videographers and, and interns and things like that. And like I paid, I pay them, but like it's, I think when you have a salaried employee and like if you lose a client and then all of a sudden like that I think you just add more stress on me. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if I want to get to this place where I have like 10, 15, 20, 30, 100 employees. Maybe that will happen. Um, mm-hmm. I think my end goal is there's not much that like I've kind of found my range of like money of where I need to be uh, and it's it's not like it's not even six figures right now like yeah. but like it's just I want to I think work-life balance is really important for me so whether it's doing this or if it's working for somebody else again I just want to be able to work when and where and how I can and more productive and results driven than like I allude to like the micromanaging side and like if I couldn't do a nine-to-five where I did the same thing like yeah. that's the one thing I love about coming to GW doing different things so my end goal is just kind of doing what I'm doing now and having a lot of things going on but like maybe 20% more revenue or income where I feel like this is and it feels a little bit more predictable so so I I don't have a big angle where I create like an empire or anything like that Um, I just want to like be a moderate person and just be able to you know do what I want like so okay so I looked on your um, LinkedIn cool Saw you had over 500 connections. I, I don't even... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so I was curious as to how, like, how have, like, connecting with people and, like, making new friends and just different things helped with not only your business, but I know, like, it relates to social media. Yeah. So, that, like, two and two ties together. So, how has that, like, benefited you? Yeah. So, going back to that story, like, when I left Rutgers and launched myself full-time, uh, I think... And I fight, I challenge this, whether it's like I brand myself with the organizations or as Kevin, but like, I think people close to me, and I think they still are, um, are rooting for me. Like, because, you know, a lot of my high school buddies, like they're working nine to five, like they're working in different sectors, but like, I'm, I think the only one, even probably from like, my local area that like has created a business or a name for themselves, you know, even though it's still like a low level name, but like. So I think one, people are rooting for me. Um, 
but uh, I think trying to find a balance of utilizing those social networks to tell your story and even to this day I'd say like 70% of my business whether it's speaking trainings the creative work whatever it is uh, like even this opportunity um, came because of a warm connection they knew who I was yeah they didn't go on the website like oh my god we got like and I, I've had some people but like it's it's 70% of it's been because there's some they know something about me whether they physically met me they read my LinkedIn or they seen what I put out on Facebook they want to support it and they want to they want to be a part of it and so I think that comes back to uh, being like creating your own personal brand and your own you know you're just yourself and I'm trying to be more and more myself so, okay so out of all the social outlets like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, yeah. YouTube, yeah. what's your favorite? Ooh. So from a consumption side, mm -hmm. I love where YouTube's going. And I think no, there's very few people that know what's happening and, and sees what's happening, meaning that I think a lot of us are in our feeds of Instagram and Twitter and things like that, but... YouTube is becoming that. Like I, I now I probably follow. I don't know. I probably follow sixty to a hundred people. Yeah. There's certain people that I want to look at their content, um, but now they're they're doing live feeds. They're, you can now set you can set notifications for certain YouTubers, um, and even their aesthetics on mobile and on on their on their website version of YouTube. Like they're changing it every week. Like. And uh, I don't think people realize that you could create like what you're doing. Like, you could create a, sh a, sh a show about shoes. You could create like you could create a name for yourself. And um, so I don't. Th I think YouTube is underutilized. I like that from a consumption side. Um, I still, from kind of an outgoing side, I love I love Twitter um, and Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. I just recently made social media so cool I find it yeah and really I think you I think somebody like you I think if you can handle to be in a lot of places and build audiences in different places yeah uh, it would be beneficial versus just being a youtuber so yeah. so for an aspiring entrepreneur yeah. like aspiring business owner just not wanting to work behind a desk and sure. like having like being told orders yeah. what do you what do you suggest for them like what do you suggest as steps to get to your level or get to like a level where you can sustain yourself? sure um, so I'm I imagine this question is for you right like yeah. you, you want to know so like I think the first thing I would say is to realize is uh, as you might have to be practical right like in kind of what I alluded to like I kind of felt it senior year but then like I went and worked for the band and like did the thing and yeah. um, and who knows I may go back to that but like uh to, to be okay with like you might have a job or a part-time job or something but not you know always always having something on the side but I think for you because I think you have a little bit more time I would say I would start now and, and I would I would try to do something every day that like gets you to where you don't have to work for somebody so that could be adding people to your network by going to an event yeah. meeting people that could be uploading another video on a Saturday when you don't want to that could be whatever it is uh, it, it could be try, like actually trying to sell stuff and like actually see if you can be a salesperson um, 
but uh, I would just say like if you're trying to work for yourself and don't want to work for the man actually here's the best advice is we somebody when I was interviewing them used this term boutique career meaning that and it still is very prevalent right now is like people think you make your salary and your income on an annual basis from your nine to five job right yeah the, the flip side of that is I think exactly what I'm doing is is I have income coming in from speaking from my digital business and then within digital I have about four or five umbrellas there from sponsorships from the for the niche movement events um, I, I have probably I think I have probably like five or six revenue streams and it's good and bad because when I put more effort somewhere I see sometimes more results or other times when things aren't going well like cool I have that speak engagement coming in yeah. cool like I can or I can use that money and put it away and invest it into the business so and it's like if you listen to like the Mark Cubans and Richard Branson's they also like or any like the millionaires have like seven streams of income mm -hmm. so I think that's what I would learn is how you could realize you can make a living so say when you graduate you're like I need to make 30,000 or 50,000 to survive and live in DC you could make that money you can make that money in like three months you can make that money six different ways yes it could be your, your shoe gig it could be you whatever uh, so I think that's the thing people don't realize is like they want they go all in on one thing versus like they could like yeah, yeah. different terms yeah. definitely so are any of your friends like do you have other friends who also like try to run their own business as well or so yeah so since I've been so since I've been on my own I've met other entrepreneurs by working at that WeWork space mm -hmm. um but I do have um, probably two or three other close friends. I have my friend Amanda. She, her and I went to college together. She worked for Associated Press. Uh, and then she started this thing called Don't Sit Home. So I would highly recommend checking her out on Instagram. Um, but she basically curates events happening in the, in the New York City metro area. She's ba she was basically sick of like working, going home, and not doing anything. So she was like, she would date these guys but like, oh there's nothing to do and she's like we live in the fucking city like don't sit home and then all of a sudden like a Facebook page turned into like 10,000 followers in a year she now has an Instagram account with 10,000 followers uh, somehow I still haven't caught up with her uh, she was at the Super Bowl I think there might have been some influencer she knew somebody yeah. um, so I, I'm, I'm rooting for her my friend Stacy is I think close she's got a side gig happening so so I have some close friends and I have more of like your professional network of people I know that like uh, that are entrepreneurs but uh, but those like those two women are two closer ones that I that I'm rooting for so yeah sounds great okay so for your content creating yeah. so I know like you help people with their content creation yeah is it all very like various types or do you have like a specific like type of content creating that yeah. you focus on yeah, yeah. so Lately, I, I, I think I definitely have a process um, and a, an idea in mind. Um, it's, and it's weird because I'm almost like I'm, I've been in the boat of like I'm not the cookie cutter package type business. Meaning like you're not going to come to me and be like I'm going to pick package A. Because mm -hmm. I want to I meet the needs of the client. Because like one client might have a ton of money or, or, or not a lot of money but a lot of time and resources or vice versa. Um, so I've, I've molded to them, but I'm also now thinking of like, should I, ha should I be more transparent and be like, this is 
how much it would do to do video or strategy or a campaign or whatever. Uh, long story short though is I think my thesis and approach is getting the most money, getting the most bang for your buck. Mm -hmm. So if you hire me, whether it's you have $2,000 to do a video or you have 5000 or you need a campaign and you only have $500 for paid distribution or whatever, how you can get the most mileage out of that. Um, and the second thing is how to extend the life of your story. And so I think a lot of people are in the mindset, well, we, we tweeted it out last week. And I'm like, that one tweet, first of all, Twitter has its own fire hose. Like it's, you're not, like, you, like just because it says it reached a thousand people, maybe one person saw it. Yeah. So like you, I don't think people understand that when you have all these four or five major social media platforms. So some people are like, we put it on Facebook, we put it on Twitter, I'm like, why aren't you utilizing the other three? Yeah. So I try to figure out how to extend the life of the story using the platforms that you can, they know how to use uh, before, during, and after. So the, the, the quick analogy or example I'll give you is with American University, they're one of our clients. And last year we created one video for them. It was a great video, did well, helped them reach their like, uh, fundraising goal. Um, I think it, it supplemented their efforts. But this year, we started working with them in December, and we created a 30-second teaser video that was very fast-paced, uh, had a clear message. Uh, we also then, when we filmed that video, we took boomerang videos, we took iPhone shots, so the whole campaign was like, I'm in to give to AU or whatever. So we like gave them both DSLR as well as uh, like iPhone, like pictures that would look real, yeah. uh, that they could then utilize on like Instagram or Twitter. Uh, to keep you know the story of that teaser video going, and then we then we delivered a two and a half three minute video that was completely different from last year. So, and I'm still um, looking to work with more clients on that capacity, realizing that um, we can create more content with that. Even that last video we did for them, we interviewed twelve or thirteen AU AU community people, faculty, staff, alumni, students. But there, were all, there was a lot of uh, footage left on the editing room floor, and so what I told them was like, if you want to, I'm like, you could take this guy's clip where he's talking about he's a first-gen student, and we could make that a 15 or 30-second video, and you could direct that to like a certain audience. Or you could take the girl who was in law school from Chicago and hit all your alumni in Chicago and create a 15-second video. We didn't get that far, but like that's where I would love to go with clients, is like, you have all, all these con pieces of content and we could redistribute them on different platforms and then get really hyper-focused mm -hmm. on who to hit. Um, versus just creating one bang, you know, one $3,000, $4,000 video and it goes everywhere, but then there's all this other footage left over. Yeah. And I think that's what people don't realize. Okay. So, yeah, so extending the life of the story is, that's the bow I would put on it, is extend the life of the story. Yeah. All right, so one of my, my final questions would be, so, if you could go back in time and tell your 19 to 21 year old self what to like anything about the future, like yourself, yeah. what would you say? What would you tell them? What advice would you give them? This is awesome because I always ask this question of like, what would you tell your college to yourself or freshman self? I've never really been asked it. Um, this is going to be interesting. Hmm. <laughs> See, like, I, I can't say one thing, but I, I would say. You can give them a quick spiel, like a 
an essay on what you. So would if do. I was if I was looking at like Kevin like senior year going through what he was doing, I would say one, um, the next six to eight years, you're doing what you're doing for a reason. Meaning that I worked for two different universities, worked for a variety of bosses, had ups downs, wins losses. But there are a lot of times I'm like, oh, this like sucks. Um, <laughs> But I wouldn't have stumbled upon an instrument. I wouldn't have worked with college students. I wouldn't be teaching here. So like those six years, six to eight years set me up for a reason. Um, I would say, believe it or not, you'll actually get paid to speak. I grew up very shy. Really? My family still, like when they see clips of me on YouTube, whether it's me holding my phone or they see like things of me talking to groups, they're like shocked. Um, and uh, I would say because I still need this advice is to just like <laughs> stop worrying like I'm always the what if guy my wife grounds me that and her, her line she's like Kevin stupider people have figured it out <laughs> so especially like, when we travel I'm like well, we gotta do this we gotta she's like alright you're good um, and, and I knock on wood like since I've been on my own I've been alright like trying to still put pieces together and figure like am I doing is this am I on the right path but uh I think I just need to keep doing it I'm, I'm a big believer in I just tweeted out last night I'm a big believer in karma like I feel like especially the last 60 days I've been just putting out a lot of good energy like just a lot of good stuff out in the world and getting some people that like I meet and they're like hey can you help me and I'm like sure like I'll like even like like they're like can you look at my like Facebook ad I ran I'm like yeah sure like like just no try like I just feel like the more I can put out good to the world, I feel like it's got to come back. So, and like that whole example of the Simon Sinek video, I feel like the nicer you are, I feel like people hook you up. So, yeah. well, thank you, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I was, I was deep. Cool. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've never been asked that question, but um, yeah. Seriously, keep. I want to keep this relationship open. So, like, anyway, I can help you. Uh, obviously, I know class ends in May, but yeah. um. I'd love to see like what you're up to and send me your YouTube channel, man. Oh, definitely. Thank um, you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, cool. Thank you. And anything I can clarify, but uh, it'll be interesting. I'll have to have Bryson grade this so he can read. I don't. It'll be weird reading myself. But, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, anything other random that you want to like throw my way or talk to me about or anything else you're working on or um, I guess or anything else I can do here? It seemed like you explained it pretty well because I was trying to think. Starting your own YouTube channel, you obviously have to start off somewhere and try to get, in order to get subscribers, you obviously have to, like, branch out. Yeah. And when you said, like, you know how you're talking about, like, multi, like, going through different media outlets, different different ways to touch other people, mm -hmm. I feel as if that would help a lot. So, like, not only going through just YouTube and posting videos, but, like, yeah. mentioning on Instagram, yeah. Snapchat, talk to people about it, yep. Twitter, yeah, and that'll give... Yeah, find the people that are into what you're into, see what the really good ones are doing, see how you could do it differently. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I, I would, the first thing that came to mind when you talk about the shoot culture and what you're doing with YouTube, it's probably a great video platform to do reviews or talk about shoes, whatever, yeah. but like you could also, I mean, because shoes are physical, uh, I'm sure if you if we jumped on Instagram, like utilizing an Instagram account where, and maybe it's not even your shoes, maybe you, you're like reviewing other people's shoes or like taking or curating, you know, you're curating other influencer shoes and sharing it on your, your, um, Instagram account. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I also would just see like, 
the in-person stuff like where are these 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 uh, shoe culture guys like meeting up and go like meet them in person and um but also like when you when you create a little bit more of a name like cross collaborate and yeah. maybe people outside of your industry but like they're in the lifestyle of fashion stuff but like they're not shoe specific um like see how you can help them like i i would say find some like youtubers or influencers and just and be like i just like, do what you did with me yeah or, or collaborate just be like, or have, just be like these like how can i help you like introduce yourself but like how how can i help i'm a you know freshman gw have these three skills love what you're doing anyway i could like shadow you for a day or come down you know if they're in atlanta i'm gonna be home can i like chill with you for a day or can i document you for a day um and just like get on the radar because then you can learn from them so that's great yeah. advice yeah cool man yeah i'd love to check out what you're up to man definitely cool it's like you set up uh yeah. I'll have to shoot it to you and get your advice, especially yeah. on the videos yeah. and how they go. Yeah. Good stuff, man. All right. Well, thank cool. you. I appreciate yeah, it. No problem. All right, everybody. That wraps up another episode. Thank you so much if you've gotten this far. Uh, thank you for listening. Listen, um, everybody does it. Uh, every every podcaster says it. Yeah, like, subscribe, rate, etc. I'm not looking to uh, to make a living off this. So really, I think the only ask that I have is just just let me know that you're listening. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, favorite a tweet if if uh, you see me promoting this or like it uh, on Facebook, LinkedIn, etc. Just just let me know. Like, hey, I've I've checked this out. Plan on checking it out. Uh, uh, we're checking out uh, future episodes I'm putting out. But um, if you want to subscribe, cool. Um, but I'm I'm more interested in in the handful of people that are are following along and listening to some of this audio and again your perspectives and thoughts on the content that I'm talking about and I'm interviewing and uh, that I'm sharing. So that's all I ask. Until next time, thank you so much, and we'll talk soon. Have a great day.